We are the Hairy Bikers, I'm Si. No kidding. And I'm Dave. And just before we become the Agony Uncles, we're going to give you a little bit of help in the kitchen. Yes, we're going to tell you all about meat. Uh, that's meat with ER on the end. If you've not heard of meat air, uh, it's a wireless meat thermometer. So you stick it in your roast or whatever else you want to stick it in and use the app to see how it's cooking and doing. It's great because you can see the meat temperature on your phone, exactly the temperature while it's cooking. So you're leaving nothing to chance. And it's not just for the oven. It works on the barbecue, frying pan, even an air fryer. Basically, if you use meter, you have the confidence to cook like a pro. And it actually even measures the temperature while the meat is resting. So, you know, you engage everything absolutely properly. And I like things done properly. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes. So, meter is great. And as they're sponsoring the Agony Uncles podcast, we've done you a favour because as one of our listeners, you get a meet, uh, you get a meter for 20% off. It's an exclusive offer to the Agony that are the Uncles listeners. It's easy to get your 20% off. Just go to meter.com, which is spelt M-E-A-T-E-R and use the code HAIRY20. That's H-A-I-R-Y-2-0 to get 20% off anything in the meter range. That's a belting offer. Right, let's get on with the Agony Uncle, sponsored by Meter, helping you to eat better forever. Today's prince of your problems is Jeevesy, as always. Hello, Jeevesy. Hello, hello, everybody. Lovely to see you all. Uh, I'll explain... Um that uh, today we are none of us are together we're all in different parts of the country uh, although uh, Sai is in a different country and uh, the country seems to have some church bells in the background every often so, so often so if we hear those that's Sai peeling if you know what I mean uh, yes yes I am I, I, I'm, I'm and I can't do anything about it I'm no. very sorry no they're very pleasant actually and we've also so we've had lots of contact from listeners who also don't take their reading glasses to restaurants and have misread the prices of wine this week you'll be pleased <laughs> to know so you're not alone with your 700 pound bottle uh, 700 bottle of wine it's happened to others too yeah I'm pleased to hear that <laughs> I think that's why the, that's why the lights are low in most of these restaurants I'm sure of it and to help us wade through your worries, it's the woman. Well, she makes Lady Mary from Downton Abbey, well, look like Doc Cotton with 20 Embassy. It's Posh Tash. Hello, hello, hello darling. That's my favourite one. I'm just going to pre-warn you with the peeling bells of sigh. I've just had a slash up. Definitely the Agony Uncles uh, podcast. My computer screen just said, warning, you are unstable. Um, so I think it means my connection, not me personally, just to warn everybody. It's those bloody glasses. They're <laughs> unstable. Yeah, Tash is wearing a pair of glasses. How would you describe them? They're like sort of horizontal black and white lines. Yeah, right? my husband actually, when he saw a photo of me in them, then followed the text message photo back with a picture of a zebra with his tongue sticking out and a pair of glasses on. So I, <laughs> they're my zebra glasses, yeah. I can't find another one. Nice, nice. Hey, well, look, my, hair, my hair's growing, look. I keep, oh, stroke, I, I keep stroking myself. It's like fondling a mole's armpit. It's baby <laughs> hair. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Still doing the chemo, lovely. but... Mm, oh, does Lil keep stroking it? Nah, the bloody dog keeps licking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as Lil's not licking it, you're all right. Okay. Yes. Hit the jingle button, dude. Okay, bingle dee bing dee boo boo Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. 
I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best. In today's pile of problems, Uncle Sai, Uncle Dave and Poshtash, you're going to be doling out your decisions on these woes and worries. We have missing proper pies. We have an extra child. We have the wedding is too expensive. And we have the worst present ever mm. but we're going to start with missing proper pies and uh, this email that we had comes in from keith who said dear uncle si and uncle dave i'm a lover of pies but i'm in despair at how few pie places are left who actually make what i consider to be a proper pie i.e one with pastry at the bottom as well as the top. So many pubs and restaurants now offer your pie of the day, but in reality, it's a bowl of something with a bit of pastry chucked on the top of it. What is that about, asks Keith. A good old-fashioned traditional pie needs to be pastry top and bottom. Who started this madness? And my question to you is, what do I have to ask or look out for on a menu to get me a proper pie? Says Keith, over to you. Keith, you're not looking properly. There's plenty of fine pie around now. And I agree. What was it we said once, Kingy? A pie has to have pastry. It's a vessel to propel the contents to your mouth. Yes. And um, no, you can get some superb pies around. Just ask. Just say, you know, is it is it is it like a casserole with a lid on, or is it a pie? <laughs> it's no mystery to it. But there are some fine pies around. I, I, what's I a pot say, pie? Uh, what? Sorry, what's a pot pie? What would that come with? Someone's like, what? people say, I have a pot pie. I that for me is pastry on the bottom, pastry on the top. Yeah, maybe that's a southern thing. Oh, no, oh. pot pot pies. I would say it's a pot with a bit of pastry on the top. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I, I, I'm with Dave on that. You see, because that's what I was. I would. I would tell our lovely listener to look out for. If it's a pot pie, you're going to get shortchanged on the pastry front. Oh, okay. See what I mean? And also, sometimes they go steak and ale. And if they go steak and ale, fundamentally, that is a steak and ale stew with pastry on the top. And normally it's puff pastry. And that irritates the living daylights out of us, generally. Yeah, but what I like sometimes, when, when, when you take the craft of pie making, I love a short crust bottom and a puff top. Yeah, now Ooh. that's class. That's now, class. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's worth paying more than eight quid for. You know, yeah. that's 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 class. What, why is that special? Because it's a class of textures, Tash. Oh, it's yeah. classy. You know, you've got the best I mean, of both worlds. Sometimes you like a bit of rough puff. Other times you want a crumbly short crust. <laughs> Why not live the dream and have them both? Exactly. Now you put it like that. Yeah, you see. And you can bind bla you can bind blind bake one so it doesn't go soggy. Yes. So it's all it's all yes. classy, you see. No mm -hmm. soggy bottoms in our house. Hell no. No. And if there no. was, we'll never talk about it. No, it's, uh, that, if we get soggy bottom, it's down to the gym. <laughs> hey, boom. Do you know, I've, I've got near where I live now, I have found it's possibly another perfect, you know, like the plate pies me and Kingy go on about from the northern days. These are pies that are the same as a plate pie, but they are cooked in a tin. Anyway, I, I, it's it's a place, and I'll give a put, it's called Paul Shum, and it's like a, a, he's a butcher, but his pies epic the pastry is epic and i found his secret weapon you're like massimo batura the italian chef he has this lady of a certain age in the back that does his pasta <laughs> paul has a lady in a shed or rather a room a kitchen so we say not a shed at the back <laughs> who makes his pies and and i said paul i said those pies are epic i said the pastry it's like proper and he went do you want to meet the secret and i thought i said do you buy them in and he's got this lady of a certain age who lives in the back and she makes the pies. 
And of course, the secret is lard. Obviously, not in the vegetarian ones, but she does a proper old-fashioned lard oh, short crust pastry. Perfect. And as Kingy would say, she has pastry hands. She's maybe doing 200 of these a week. She makes the pork pies as well, which is sublime. But they are out there all over the country. Should you got to look for it, though, and find... But, you know, you, you have to keep an elderly person captive, really, in the back of the butchers. <laughs> Is that I'm going to you both and keep you in a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a bloody big cupboard, I tell you. This. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, I did say that when I'm feeling better, would you take me in for a day on pastry duty? Because it's that good. You know, and then, then I don't know, a lot of bakers who bake their own pies are really, still really, really good. You know, yeah. and to be fair, who doesn't love a Greg's now and again? Well, it's a, it's, it's a craft pie making. Mm. It's not just a, you know, it's not just, you know, exactly, which is the frustration slapping puff pastry on a stew. Oh, no, this is, it's a proper craft because there's so many different types of pastry, you know, hand risen pastry for pork pie. I mean, it's endless. You know, hot, cold water pastry, hot water pastry, you name it. It's a pastry. It's a, it's a, you know, it's worthy of annals of work. But you time. see, sometimes sometimes something that's like really off the scale and shouldn't be good has a certain charm, like the Freventus pies that you cook in the tin. So, you, you know, you unscrew the tin top, yeah. put it in the oven, and that's like meat. And, and it's got puff pastry on the top. But that has an incredible kind of pharmacy quality whereby the, the, the top rises about a centimetre and a half, but the bottom bit is still soggy. But there is something really, really nice about it, you know? <laughs> Do you guys hate the fact that I potentially buy ready-made pastry? Is that sacrilege? No, no it's good pastry. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, it's no okay, matter with that. Good. Because I do do that. Because I actually, and I sometimes buy ready-made pies for my family, which I know is naughty, but I, for speed I do. But I hate the fact you get no filling in it. You can only get decent filling if you make it yourself, I decided. There's no, nowhere there's enough filling. Mm, uh, ah, now you see, it's because you live in the South. That's why, you know, you, you skimp on, on, on Southern, you know, Southern fillings are skimpy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like pork pies as well. I love a pork pie. But what I hate is like a supermarket pot pie. Why are they pink? Why do they look like somebody's inside? <laughs> pork pie, pork isn't pink. It should be like pork coloured, like slightly grey, I suppose. Doesn't sound so appetising. But, you know, not pink and pink. Do you think they colour it then? They do that for appetising look? Well, they must do. Pork isn't pink, is it? It's not rosy pink. Ooh, no. I never thought of that. I just thought pork pies always were pink. No, no, no. A good pork oh. pie. Uh, it's, it's well, it, it's it's like pork mince, it's slightly grey, but then you get the spicing in. Remember when we made them in Doncaster Market, Kingy? Our hand-raised pork pie. I was just thinking about that, yeah. Epic. Hot water pastry, and we used the, the dolly to raise the pastry, yeah. then the filling, then we did cow heel jelly we poured in to set around the shoulder of the interior of the pie. This is a technical wow. term, the shoulder. And they were, they were unbelievably good. And we could get the spice into suit us. It was a bit peppery, wasn't it, ours? It was lovely. It was lovely. Oh, Do you know what? Now. You know those dollies that were got broke? Mm. Remember them? And then mm. we went through a period of every every dodgy place, every dodgy market we went to, we bought this, like, there's a pork pie dolly! Yeah, I love them. <laughs> And uh, and I, I, my, uh, my, my youngest son, Dil's just moved back into the lodge with us. And um, 
And it, it's hilarious because I was thinking, where's my dolly's gone? And I've just, and I was looking through <laughs> one. Where's my dolly where's gone? Me, where's my dolly gone? Where's my pork pie dolly gone? And he's nick, he nicked them, hadn't he? So I went, you thieving little toad. You've got all me, all me, all me pork pie. He says, well, you weren't using them, Dad. You were never here. And I said, well, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. If you if you just tuned in, you need to you know need to clarify the fact that we're not talking Barbie and Cindy here in terms of dollies. <laughs> is in fact is a wooden device that's kind of plug shaped that you form the paste around for your porker. It's not in fact you know tiny tears that wets itself. No, uh, no, no, definitely not that. Not for this conversation, anyway. Who <laughs> knew? <laughs> so, in short, listener, uh, yes, beware. Go with caution. They are out there. They are out there to be bought. Food makes makes everything better. Our next problem is called The Missing Child, and uh, for this we need three names. Sorry, Tash, you're going to be called on a couple of times. Give you some warning here. Uh, We need two male names, so one each for Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, and one female name from you, Tash, Uh, please. Alice. Alice. Oh, very nice. Okay, so we've got Alice. Ronnie. Alice, Ronnie, and... Gary. Gary. All right. This comes in from Alice. Alice has written, Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, I've been going out with Ronnie for about three months now. After a number of relationships that A, weren't very good, and B, didn't last very long, I thought I'd found a real good one in our Ronnie. I'm 53, he's 56. From the outset, he's told me about his two children, who I got to meet just last weekend. They're both lovely, 20 and 26 years old, and we got on well. But during the course of the conversation, and while Ronnie was at the bar, they mentioned Gary, their half-brother. They chatted about him, and I played along. But Ronnie has made no mention of Gary. I'm guessing it could be his ex-wife's child, but then it might be his too. But I don't know how to go about finding out. Why would he tell me about two of his children, but not the third? Is this a warning sign? I'm really in a quandary. Any advice? Alice, over to you. Uh, just, ask, just ask him. I was just about to say the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what's, what it's called is a question. And what you do is you go, excuse me, you know, I was out for a drink with the kids the other night and they said, well, you were at the bar, they had mentioned this other name of of the child that you've not mentioned yet. What's the crack there? So, I mean, you know, you yeah, dress does, it up does, does Gary mean anything to you? That's all you yeah. want to say. <laughs> no. You know, is he close to you? They might be estranged from each other and not get on, you know. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, she seems to be reading into it. It can't be any secret because they wouldn't mention it if it was such a massive secret. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, she's looking for a problem. There isn't a problem there. Ask the question. There's not a problem. Yeah, ask the question. I mean, she he could be working in Dubai or, 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 or I don't know. I mean, prison. could be in prison. Could be in prison. Be a cat. Could be a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Unlikely, like Tash, but, you know, it could be. See, I, I, I had a half-brother that I never really knew called Kenneth. And, um, and but because Kenneth was so much older than, than me, because my dad had me when he was old and he had Kenneth when he was very young. And, and I, for some reason, I never found out they fell out. And so, the, you know, whilst I had a brother, I've never f- grown up feeling I had a brother. You know, yeah. you know, I knew Kenneth was there three streets away, but, you know, it didn't mean much, really. And obviously, Kenneth and my dad had parted ways. Didn't mean much to each other, really. Just ask about Gaza. 
Aye. You never meet him, um, Dave. Never oh, met yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I met him. He was fine. I'd go around yeah. then. I'd bake an eggs now and again. But he really wasn't like. I never saw him as a brother, apart yeah, from the does. fact. He had children who were older than me. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one, that, isn't it? It's like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, Dad was fertile, I tell you. He was a cracker. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you just need to open communication, don't you? Just ask. Clear the air. You know, yeah. he's my son. Otherwise, she'll make it up in her head and it'll become something massive and she'll imagine it and then there'll be problems without problems and, yeah, it seems a no-brainer. Maybe this lady needs to go and talk to somebody about their neuroses because there's definitely <laughs> something going on there. Something, you know. I'm just saying I don't mean to be rude, but I, I, you know, also I guess it depends how long. Does she say how long she's known uh, this yeah, man with a uh, missing three, child? Three months. But early, early days. Uh, that's quite early. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you. I think you would tell about your offspring, though, isn't it? It's one of the first things you do. Mm. Yeah. Well, oh. I, I think it's just interesting, isn't it? Because because one's narrative when you're in a relationship is, is you know, you, that's how we tell stories about about ourselves so people get to know us quicker. Um, that's kind of, that's how it works. Yeah, so, and I think you create the narrative because you don't want to put them off. So maybe it's a, maybe yeah. Gary is a bigger conversation. And in three months, they might have only seen each other a handful of times, depending on their sure. availabilities. And so maybe that just yeah. hasn't been the conversation of, by the way, there's somebody else. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Cause yeah, because three months, as you say, is pretty early, early isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. maybe he's thinking that if he doesn't get on with Gary and they parted ways donkeys years ago, that it's irrelevant to the relationship. Yeah. But then, then yeah. it's just a conversation, isn't it, really? If you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony, uncle's a line. Our next problem is called The Wedding is Too Expensive. And for this, I do need a lady's name. So, Tash, it's time to ask for you for lady's name number two. Go on. I was going to say Cruella, but I can't say that. Christine. <laughs> Cruella! <laughs> Christine. <laughs> Cruella? <laughs> Although you have got the black and white glasses on, so actually oh, you're a bit Cruella de Vil, aren't you? that was it. Yeah, that could have been the best. Maybe you're Charlie. You're in, a, you're in a Dalmatian. <laughs> you are. You've got a spotted curtain behind you. Yeah, you have. Yes, you do. Yeah. Well, oh, my God. Coat, my, my Joseph coat. There you go. Maybe I am Cruella. Have you got, like, Dalmatians in your cellar? Tell no, us. No. This is it. Right. No, no, no. Uh, well, coat, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Christine has written in Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave I'm due to get married in June next year but I've put a spanner in the works uh -huh. My husband-to-be is 26 and lovely but not really very interested or aware of money He grew up in a pretty well-off household and hasn't wanted for anything Even now, though he works he still has a credit card that his dad gives him that pretty much he uses for everything and allows him to do pretty much what he likes and have the flash car, etc, etc he says his family are also pretty traditional, however, mm. so the cost of the wedding is expected to fall to my parents, who aren't that well off. They work hard and they want to give me a great wedding, but things have got a little bit out of hand. My fiancé keeps bringing home ideas of all kind of fancy things that he'd like for the wedding. For example, he wanted five matching white Bentleys for me, my bridesmaids and family. Just these on their own would be about £2,000. And then there's the music. He found out he could hire a big-name DJ for the night, but that was £10,000 on its own. Now that the energy bills have gone mad, any extra money my mum and dad did have has been swallowed up. So last week I said that we need to put things into a bit of perspective and put a limit on the wedding costs or that his parents need to start to pay for some of the fancy things that he wants. But this didn't go down well and has caused a bit of a rift. He won't speak to his parents about it as he thinks it would be embarrassing. 
So I'm thinking of talking to them behind his back. Should I, or is there another way around this? Asks Christine. Over to you. I've got an opinion. Am I allowed to say it already? I, yeah. I, I personally think that she needs to sit down with her husband to be mm. and go, what is the most important thing about this now? Is this about five white Bentleys or is this about you and I? Because, yes, we all like to have a wonderful day. But realistically, this is about the two of them. And if they're going to have this, uh, he sounds like he's mummy's boy, daddy's boy. She needs to bring it back in line just to check she's marrying the right guy here and say, is this about you and I? Or this is about looking flash and looking expensive and showing off to our friends? Because that's not what the day is about for me. So I think she stops first and talks to him. Yes. And also, it's also about it's also about what they, as you say, what they both want. But if daddy's giving him a credit card, then maybe what he should do is just understand that one half of the family, because they, they will be families eventually, the one half of the family haven't got the money that the other half has. So why is he being so unempathetic yeah. to actually go, oh, well, hold on. Listen, I know your mom and dad haven't got, haven't got much dosh and I know they're under pressure. So... What's the, you know, let's just, you know, come, coming back, it's, it's completely, it's completely wrong to go, let's have five white Bentleys. Well, hold on, me mom lives, me mom and dad live up in the two up and two down or whatever they live in. To, to, what? You know, yeah, do no. I have a credit card from my mom and dad? No. It sounds like they're on a rocky start, to be fair. Yeah, it does. Because, it? you yeah. know, what, what, you know, you have to respect both families. It's yeah. simple, you know, there, there's, um, you know, if the five white Bentleys, you, you have to run it by everybody. And I think the ones that can afford it should say, what do you reckon? Is it a good idea? And would you mind? Yeah. And then, again, it's communication because you might think, no, it's just going to look stupid. And they have to have the courage to say that. Um, but, but let alone the costs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it has to be something that suits all everybody, including the couple. And I think if it gets too ridiculous, that's when the couple end up legging it or should end up legging it and just getting married somewhere quiet. And then everybody has to fit in yeah, with it. Exactly. And, and and he sound. I mean, forgive me, I don't know this lad from Adam, but he sounds like a bit of a spoiled brat. Yeah. I was because about to say like, that. if you can't, if how can you how can you not take into consideration your your wife and and or your wife to be and 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 the money that the family has you kind of just and and your future up. wife's parents and your future exactly they they're going to be your mother and and your mother and father-in-law I mean it sounds like he hasn't cut his umbilical cord from his family or whether that umbilical cord is just full of money I'm not sure whether it's emotional or not but he just needs to realise he's starting a new life he's chosen a new family he doesn't mean he has to give up his mother and father, but he has to realise he has to stand on his own two feet and become a partnership with somebody else who have their own finances and their own future. Yeah, yeah, but on the other hand, maybe that's the way his family works. And if they do, they like to spoil their son and he likes to get all those goodies, that's fine by them. You know, but the other family haven't. But there again, you have to kind of reach something that suits everybody. And yeah. if necessary, you know, Chop your Bentleys out, you know, and also as, as well, it's such a waste of blooming money in these times, isn't it? But if the family, the, his family, were willing to pay for it, I understand because that's a part they'd like to give as a present. You know, I'd love to be able to pay for you to have your five Bentleys, to have your wonderful day. And so I suppose she's in this predicament. Her husband-to-be doesn't want to have that conversation. But I wonder whether the parents possibly wouldn't mind. They would quite like it and they maybe would pay for it. They seem fairly relaxed with their cash. 
So it, her approaching the parents on her own behind the back, I think that's a tricky one, personally. No, However, I don't think she should do I that. I don't think she should. No, because I think... To come to that conversation with him. What about her parents? Because if they go down that route, they're going to feel like the poor relations. Yeah. And yeah. to be fair, there has to be, you know, it's a future union, isn't it? It's a union, a marriage. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah, it's not... Yeah, it, it, that, it just doesn't feel... And, 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 you know, they're missing the point. She's then missing the point because she's letting him off the hook. It's all, you know, she's reinforcing that umbilical yeah. cord, if you like, by... Oh, God, well, he's hopeless. I'll go and talk to me, his mom and dad. Well, that's no, you're just about to spend a life together and yeah. life in the modern world's challenging enough. And if you haven't to go and refer to his mom and dad because numb notes with the credit card is like, well, let's have five new, let's have five Bentleys and a DJ for 10 grand. Is he mental? Mm. How was how a family? I mean, he must have been to the house. He must have been to the home. He must have met them. He must have had conversations with them. How 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 can you just be that high-handed to go? Yeah. That's rubbish. Well, it's having this dynamic this way around because often you know the women get called bridezillas because they get a bit over the top. I want the big dress. <laughs> I want the big, you know. And, and I've never heard of a, a groomzilla. I have to say. So I mean, maybe they are out there. Usually the oh, men. Just, it's just all about money, isn't it? Really. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's ways of doing it. If one side have got loaded, the other side aren't. And if it's the, you know, traditionally the bride's family pay for the wedding, you know, the, again, it's communication. You just need to say, look, c can we chip in a bit and, and then find out what everybody wants. Get around the table together, find mm -hmm. something that suits everybody. Maybe you get two Bentleys, you know, for the immediate family and the bride and groom. But, you know, that, that's the way around it. So everybody gets what they want. And, but don't, whatever you do, make her side of the family feel like the poor relations because you are one family now exactly and and we've had a we had a as you know we had a family wedding in italy mm. not so long ago and alex's side of the family my son we we all chipped in but but as did lawrence you know we all yeah. kind of just went okay well this is and it, and it didn't even really take that big of a conversation it was just like well you know smashing yeah smashing you know we'll all chip in you know we'll yeah. do the bits that we can do and i'll do the bits that i can do and to just play to each other's strengths and that was that was just, it was just lovely and and it also makes the day feel like everybody's contributed because everybody did and it was it was a you know it was just lovely it was a lovely lovely week yeah maybe she should say looked with her parents and him sitting there this is what we can afford to have this is my parents very kind generate you know generous offer and with that money we can have one bentley the dress the flowers we want the food we want and anything over and above that we've got to source elsewhere and or they've got to pay for themselves or for themselves yeah. yeah but then they have that discussion of where does that money come from and he has to realize they either have it they haven't or he talks to his parents and they they come around to the idea, but uh, yeah, I think it's, as you say, Dave, it's all about the communication. You've got to sit and talk it, it through. Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk, don't get drunk, just send an email, just send an email to the agony uncle. Okay, it's time to head to Confidential Corner. For this, I need a 40-year-old disappointed lady's name. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Sai, would you... Provide this, please. I don't want to put too much on it, but, you know, 40-year-old disappointed lady. You must know many. <laughs> Veronica. Oh, Veronica does sound disappointing, doesn't she? Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, says Veronica, I think I've been bought the worst 40th birthday present ever, but I just want to check. 
My husband has a history of buying me terrible presents. In the past, I've had a blouse suitable for my grandma that also didn't fit. I've had a socket set, a space hopper, possibly his finest moment, a complete DVD box set of the Carry On films. You see, I don't ask much, but I would like something nice for my 40th birthday. I am an amateur archaeologist, and one thing we had discussed was us going to Rome to see the Roman ruins, something I've always wanted to do. So what did I get? Well, it was a big and very heavy wooden box. In it were a large collection of stones. Not tickets to Rome, just rocks and stones. As I stared at him, he explained he had taken detours through the course of his work and collected rocks from beaches all over the UK, so I could sit there in the comfort of my own home and investigate them. I explained that I think he got archaeology mixed up with geology. I then went to the pub. Please confirm that my box of rubble is indeed the worst present ever. Ask Veronica. Over to you. I love this. (laughs) Possibly not the worst present ever, but it's a stinker. Um, Yeah, he's tried. I've got some stories on worst presents. My Mm. husband's not not great. Actually, my 40th I still haven't got, and I'm well, well past 40. I didn't realise you were 40 at all. No, I didn't. You've told the nation. (laughs) The 21st. Um, But I have to say, Rubble, that's bad. I I want to be nice, though, to think he he thought about it and he travelled around the country picking up the rocks and... Oh, yeah, it's a bad present. It's a really he says present. he has. <laughs> he could have just gone down the local tip and had a oh, bollocks off this. Do I make oh. it feel better? I, one of my, my worst ones from my husband. I've had two corkers. He's not great at them. I once, my, when I was dating him, I had an inflatable pair of plastic slippers. That was bad. <laughs> That's really bad. Any context uh, or just an inflatable? No, no just oh. inflatable slippers. Inflatable plastic slippers. You don't even wear them. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then I still married him. And then married i got a bag at christmas <laughs> uh, a bag with uh, a sports bag a trendy one and then inside it was a pound coin and he said there's the gym bag and there's the pound coin to get to the gym down the bus and that was <laughs> wow. it oh that, was a, that was a low moment for me well, so. how does that fit in with your posh persona i know well how, I you still, how come you're still married you just get pregnant <laughs> and have to <laughs> You know, for the kids, they stay for the kids. They do. Oh, my heck. <laughs> so I would take some rubble because I think he thought about it. It wasn't offensive, but he got it wrong. Oh, no, I'd throw the rocks at him. Yeah, I would. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, hold on. It would be okay if he'd had enough interest to know the difference between archaeology and geology, but he hadn't even got that right, the turnip. So, uh, no, I, yeah, yeah, no, the bloke's a dork. Yeah, but even geology would want to go to a specialist shop and get specimens of rarely achievable rocks. Exactly. Not just, you know, like I've been on the beach and had a scavenge. Oh, dear, no. Dear no. no. Also, a 40th, you do want to do something special. I mean, it is a, a milestone there. And you can't just have a box of rocks to look at at home. You go and do something nice. You really it do. It doesn't have to be about money either. No, no. it doesn't. You know, it's just that thought. Well, it's how it's that experience together as well, isn't it? You know, it's just having the experience. I mean, you know, he could have just you... cooked a meal, like you say, Sai. Have an experience. He could have cooked a beautiful Italian meal. Sorry, I can't take you to Rome. Can't sorry, I can't see the ruins. But why don't we have a lovely meal at home together and pretend we're there? He could have just created an experience if he hasn't got the money. Yeah, but she probably knows they have got the money because they're a couple, and she, you know, they're quite prepared to go to Rome. In that case, you suck it up and go to Rome, which isn't a bad (laughs) option, really, in life. Um, No, no, I think that thing is, if you do get a stinker present, if it's from one's partner and one's beloved, you you, you know, you go, are you sure? Is that it? 
Um, but, you know, that's different. But if it comes from somebody that's a bit further away, then you suck it up. Do you know what I mean? If it doesn't matter. Everybody's yeah. had those sweaters at Christmas that you have to wear for a while. And, um, you know, which is, which is fair enough. You know, you, you stretch your stripy jumper, you put it on and suck it up for two days and then it's in the bin. You know, and I think there is something there that you have to do for people. But your big ones like that, no, no, no. you have to work no, on they're it. They're milestones, aren't they? 40 is a milestone. And particularly for a, you know, particularly in a partnership, you know, they're, they're big, they're big, they're big occasions, you know. I'd love her to write back in and tell us what she actually said to him and what she's done about it. Because I think, rightfully, she should have said something and this isn't fair. You know, I'd love to know what she said. Sounds like the bloody Flintstones, not a family. <laughs> the start of the pebble dash on the front. Of the Kingy, world. Kingy, what's the worst present you've ever had? It was from Jane's grandmother, my ex-wife's granny, um, Ruth, and she made <laughs> she made us this jumper, and and I loved the colour of it. It was a great colour, but I couldn't get my head through it. And then, um, and when I did manage to, and I had to cut a little bit to literally get my head through and then it was literally like this <laughs> and I was totally down first of the day and then but then I couldn't get my fists through the sleeves <laughs> so I did exactly the same thing that I did with the neck and then I just looked like I, I don't know I mean I, I you know I, I was I, I, I'm rotund so the shape of it and cut of it oh, and then should put the strap on the bottom and knitted strap around the bottom and uh, and I had to do the same with that because I couldn't get it over my belly. <laughs> and then I did get it over my belly and it just kind of frayed. It was the worst thing I've ever worn, but I wore it for literally a week. Oh. And Jane's going, take that bloody thing off. And I'm saying, well, can I, can I we're going to your, we're going to your grandmother's? She's going, oh, God. She says, don't go. And, and then... The worst thing was Jack, who was Jane's granddad, went, who was chairman of Swarwell Club, went, right, how is someone go for a pint? I was like, you've got to be no! Oh man. So yeah, well that was what 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 about you, Dave? What what's yours? One Christmas there was some aftershave called Playboy. And um Oh, I was just spraying myself from head to foot and <laughs> you know, I certainly smelt like a playboy, um, but it has to be done. But it's different, you know. Like I know, like I got to bit for the big birthdays, and that you know, and the, the one for people close to you, so close to you, you really have to think and do something caring. It doesn't, and if you're skint, you know, it's just a bit of time, really, and a bit of caretaking. Not yeah. a box of bloody rocks. <laughs> now that's crap. It is, isn't it? I'd always yeah. rather get nothing than a box of rocks. Well, yeah. I think, Veronica, we can give you some good news, is that uh, we don't think it's the worst present ever. It's on a par uh, with Tash's plastic slippers, probably. So so we can probably kind of, you know, you you come equal first, if that's any help to you at all. Uh, if that's any comfort. Also. <laughs> but, but actually, to be fair, it was your 40th birthday, so I think it's a pile of shit. Yes, yeah, I agree. I think it's yeah. absolute crap. And mine was meant to be a joke. I think your yeah. bloke... Needs the good bloody slap. If, if your life's in a mess, mess then the email address is the agony uncles at the hairy bikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening to us uh, on the Agony Uncles podcast, which, guess what, is sponsored today by Meter. Now, if you've not heard of Meter, it's a wireless meat thermometer. So you stick it in the roast, then you use a Meter app to see how it's doing.
And it works not just in the oven, it works on barbecues and the frying pan, even an air fryer. So basically, if you use meter, you'll have the confidence to cook like a pro. Or Hannibal Lecter. Or Hannibal Lecter, yeah. But whether you're Hannibal Lecter or Fanny Craddock, does not cook to perfection. Now, Mita is great. And as they're sponsoring the Agony Uncles podcast, they've done you a favour because as one of our listeners, you can get a Mita for 20% off. It's an exclusive offer for Agony Uncles listeners. That's 20% off. Your Mita, which is good. So it's easy. To get your 20% off, just go to meter.com, that's meter.com, which is spelt M-E-A-T-E-R, and use the happy, happy, hairy code, hairy20, to get 20% off anything in the meter range. Uh, it's great that Meter are working with us, because we genuinely do love their products. So go and have a look at their shop online and use hairy20 to get that lovely money off. It'll be a, a new episode of the Agony Uncles every Friday. So remember to subscribe, hit the subscribe button, you lovely humans. So it keeps Dave and I in meat. So uh, to make sure, and, and so you don't miss a single one. That's that's fundamentally what we're asking you to do. Yes, please help. help. So from Posh Tash. Bye. The Thin White Duke. Goodbye. And from the two of us, goodbye. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.